According to 1 Peter chapter 3 verse 15, that believers are to make a defense for the hope that you have. Also Philippians chapter 1 verse 7, It is right for me to feel this way about you all, because I hold you in my heart, for you are all partakers with me of grace, both in my imprisonment, and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. We are commanded to defend the word of God, the context of the word of God, and the purity of the word of God. This is the Defender of the Word of God. Good evening, good evening, ladies and gentlemen, family and friends. Tonight is Wednesday, January 24th, 2018, and we are so excited that you could join us tonight on the Defender. I first of all want to just say thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedule to come and to sit with us and allow us to open up the Word of God. So we are back at the desk again, uh, just allowing God the opportunity and the time to be able to speak to our spirit, to be able to express his truths and what he wants to get down deep on the inside of us. So listen, I'm telling you tonight, you are in for a treat. We are continuing on our broadcast of what we had last week. So this is a continuation, and last week we talked about the supernatural man, and so tonight we are in a phase two speaking about this exact topic, the supernatural man. Now, we want to open up with a word of prayer. In our previous broadcast, we talked about the supernatural man, and we opened up how important it is to a person to receive salvation, to receive Christ as their innermost being, to receive Christ as the person to live inside of them so that they can have the capacity to receive what God is downloading on this broadcast. So we did that last week, uh, and so I want to invite you again. If you have not accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, then once again on this broadcast it's going to be particularly difficult for you to be able to assimilate and to uh, have downloaded in your spirit what we are presenting. And the reason for that is because you have to have an organ that has the capacity to receive what is coming forward. I'm going to say that again. You have to have an organ that has the capacity to receive what is coming forward because we have been talking on some deep things uh, some revelatory things. Uh, they are simple, but they are complex at the same time. It's simple to attain, but you got to have the right mechanism in order to receive it. So this is why we put the, the precedent there that if you don't have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, you will really need to have one in order to be able to benefit from what we are presenting on the broadcast. Otherwise, the things that we're speaking to you about tonight it's primarily going to deal with you in your mental arena. What I mean by that is it's really just going to appeal to your thoughts. It's going to appeal to the way you think, and you'll hold this in that light into what you think in your mind. But we know that when we're dealing with the things of God, you have to have the Spirit of God active and alive in you in order to get the revealed truth that he is downloading. So I'm going to open this up once again that if you have not received the Lord Jesus Christ as your, your personal Lord and your Savior, and you would like to have him to come in and to take your life and make an exchange with you, then you are free to do that now. So we're going to say this prayer. And as long as you mean this prayer from the sincerity of your heart, you truly mean it when you speak these words, then he'll come in and live on the inside of you. So let's do that. Father, we thank you for you being God. And so we want to ask you now, Lord, to forgive us of our sins. Forgive me of my trespasses. Forgive me of my wrong thinking. Forgive me of every sin and everything that I've committed and continuously commit before you, God. I'm asking to be forgiven. And I'm asking 
that you would come to live inside my heart. I receive you. I believe that you were born, that you died on the cross. I believe that you were raised from the dead on the third day and that you sit on the right hand of God. So I thank you for that. Thank you for dying for my sins. Thank you for dying for me. And I receive you as my Lord and as my Savior. I'm yours in your mind. I receive you now. And it's in your name, Jesus, that I pray. Amen. You see how simple that was? That was a simple prayer, yet effectual and will change the dynamics and the course of your life. So now that you've done that, you now have your human spirit that has been contacted by the Spirit of God. And so now your human spirit, which was dead to the things of God, is now active and enlivened. And now Christ has now come to live on that part of you that has been dormant for so long. So we want to say amen for that. All of those who receive Christ, we want to say amen and continue to go forward in God. If you have received Christ, get yourself connected to a family of true believers. Get yourself connected to a home because you have to fellowship amongst people that are of like faith, like you. Get yourself around individuals that have the same spirit living on the inside of them. And God will direct you because now you have a compass on the inside of your spirit that will take you to the destinations that you are required to be at. Amen? All right. So this broadcast tonight, like I said, is a continuation of where we left off last week. If you did not hear the broadcast last week, I truly, truly want to encourage you to get that broadcast. We download our broadcast on the mixed cloud, and what I'll do is I'll make sure that I'll have it posted on the page where you can download it on the mixed cloud and go and listen to the broadcast, any previous broadcast that we've done before. So. Last week, like I said, was called the supernatural man. That was phase one. We are still dealing with the supernatural man, and this is phase two. So let me state this by saying, as we did before, that the supernatural man, and when I say man, I'm talking about mankind. I'm talking about person. I'm not speaking about particular gender as male and female, but I'm talking about humanity, mankind. So when I say the supernatural man, that's what I mean. So let's say this. The supernatural man is a person who lives their life through their spirit. And now that you receive Christ, you have that same opportunity to be a supernatural man. The natural man lives his life through his soul and his body. The supernatural man is a man possessed, owned, and occupied by his spirit. Now we're going to get more into that with a continuation from where we were. We opened up last week in the book of 2 Corinthians 4 and 18. That's where our scripture was. And that scripture read that it states, While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. So what does that mean? It basically means this, that once you have the born-again spirit living inside of you, you are now actively looking for things that cannot be seen with the physical eye. You are searching for things that are seen in the invisible realm, and the only way you can access them is through faith by your spirit. I'm going to say that again. The only way that you can uh, actuate or that you can attain to, the only way that you can enter into that realm or that dimension that is unseen, you have to do it by faith, and it has to be done through your spirit. So now you have the faculties that is open and being able to access that realm that is closed off to the natural world and to the natural mind. 
And we'll get more into that as we go on with the broadcast. So that was the scripture that we opened up with. We talked about eternal. And when we say eternal, that means that it does not end. That's why people come and they seek the Lord Jesus for eternal life because they want a life that is uncreated. Did you get that? When you receive the life of Christ in you, you have uncreated eternal life. That means it was not made by anybody. Any human form made it. It's uncreated life. It's life that exists outside of time and it exists outside of space. So this is what we look for. We're not looking for things that are seen because those things are temporal. Or that word we used last week, they are ephemeral. Ephemeral. E-P-H-E-M-E-R-A-L. Ephemeral. That's how you pronounce that. Which that means is temporal. Which that means it only lasts a very short time. Did you get that? So you and I, family and friends, we should not be seeking a life that's after short-lived pleasures. We should be seeking a life that's after eternal verities and eternal pleasures. And these have to do with being constituted and consummated with the things of the Spirit of God. All right, so we're going to pick back up where we were last week. We read John 4 and 24 that talks about God being a spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. We spoke about that. So now we know the way that we get to God is we get to God through our spirit. We don't get to God through philosophy. We don't get to God through intellect. We don't get to God through how we feel, through our emotions. We get to him through our spirit. And we gave the analogy about your spirit being like a battery that has been run down. And that battery has to get plugged into a source mode where it can draw its power from. And uh, born again and regenerated into the power and life source of God. All right, so we were in 1 Corinthians 2, chapter 11. First, I'm sorry, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11 through 16. So let's turn there. We are reading out of the King James Version of the Bible. I know many of you are on your smartphones and maybe on tablets and different, uh, different variations, but we just use the King James Version for this purpose of the broadcast. And so we talked about God being this spirit. That's who he is which means that he cannot be seen with the natural eye. He can't be seen with the physical eye. This is why so many people struggle with believing in God or believing in Christ, believing in Jesus, because they don't see him with a physical eye. But he is seen with the spiritual, the spiritual eyes that have been opened once you become a born-again believer. You see him through your faith. That's the primary function. Now, many people, once they uh, become born again, they get different gifts that God may give them, and he may manifest himself to them. He may make himself known to them uh, through dreams, uh, revelations, through uh, encounters. You know, it just depends on how God chooses to do it. But know that primarily our function of contacting him is by faith through our spirit. That's the primary function of how to contact God. So let's read this because we're going to pick up where we left off. Now we read in verse 10, we backed all the way up and we went to verse 1 in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and we laid down the foundation for that and we came up to verse 10. And so in verse 10 we started with God has revealed them unto us by his spirit for the spirit searcheth all things, yeah, the deep things of God. So we made an understanding and a declaration that we're no longer going to be plagued by voices that say we can't get deep in God. Did you hear that? We are no longer going to be plagued by the voices that says we can't get deep in God. And we talked about that last week. Don't be uh, misguided. Don't be turned 
aside. Don't be distracted by voices that say that you don't need to get that deep in God. You can go as deep in God as you want to because he is infinite and he is everlasting. And there is no ending to God. So you can get as deep as you want to in God. Don't let anybody tell you that you cannot do that. Because it says right here, God has revealed those things to us by his spirit. And it also says that for the spirit searches all things. That means all things. It says, yes, the deep things of God. So the Spirit searches out all things. So you have a right to access and to go after the deep things of God. As we said in the broadcast last week, the problem is, is when you search for the deep things of God and you get caught up into the deep seats of Satan. Did you hear that? The problem is when you get off going toward the deep things of God and you get sidetracked, and you get into the deep seats of Satan, of enemy territory. And I can attest to that because I went through that through periods in my life of searching the deep things of God and got sidetracked and ended up you know, getting into some occultism, some false belief systems, ended up getting into a lot of things that had a shadow of truth in them but was not the full truth. And so that took a lot of time for me to get rerouted back around and to get washed clean and to come up under the government and the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ himself. So these are the things that we got to be careful of. Now, as we stated before, here we are. We are in verse 11, and it says here and there, for what man knoweth the things of a man save the spirit of a man? That basically tells you and me, family, friends, that listen, nobody or nothing knows you like your spirit. Your spirit is the innermost part of your being. So it says, For what man knoweth the things of a man save the spirit of a man which is in him? Did you get that? It says, which is in him. It says, even so, the things of God knows no man but the spirit of God. So no one by their human intellect, by their clever thinking, by their philosophy, by their uh, different you know, mental gymnastics that they do is going to know God in that manner. Because it says, the things of God knows no man but the Spirit of God. So you must have the Spirit of God in order to know the things of God. Now, you might know about, you may have some information that tells you about somebody. But until you are in fellowship with that person, you don't know them. And so it takes for you and me, family and friends, to have the Spirit of God living in us so that we can know about God. Everything else that we'll know will be something somebody told us. It'll be something that we get secondhand. It will be something that we have drummed up in our thoughts and in our mind. But in order to know God, you've got to have the Spirit of God. And it only comes through one individual. And I emphatically state that it is one individual who has processed himself to be in many individuals, and that's our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, none other. You know how they say bar none? That's bar none. That's none other. I don't care what other faith, religion, sect, uh, thought system, I don't care what or who they are or what they call themselves. I'm emphatically stating that the mystery of God, that the power of God, the realization of God, the actuality of God is locked up in the person of Jesus Christ. He is the foundation of all things in existence. All right, so let's go further. I'm just stating that for anybody listening. Once again, we are on the broadcast tonight, and our topic is called the supernatural man. And this is our segment called The Supernatural Man, Part 
2 or phase 2. And we are on we are in rather 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Now we're going to a very important verse. And we're going to open this up. See, many times when we're reading the word of God or when we're studying and when we're trying to apply the principles of God, we've got to slow down enough to really get a concrete understanding of what the word of God is speaking to us about and what the word of God is saying. So many times we rush over things thinking that we got it and we really don't. So let's get into this. We're at verse 12. Very important. I want you to really key in, really lock in on this particular scripture, okay? So let's read it together. Verse 12 says, Now we have received, we, that's you and me, family and friends, we have received. So that means something's been given to us. And we just talked about, well, what has been given to us? We've been given the Spirit of God. We've been given eternal life. We've been given uncreated life. It's been given to us. Where has it been given to us? It's been given to us inside of our spirit. We have a human spirit. We have a soul. We have a body. God makes contact with us when we receive him. So his all-inclusive spirit comes to live inside our human spirit. So that's what it's saying now we have received. That's what that means. That's what you and I have received. Did you get that? Yes, indeed. You and I, we have received the almighty spirit of God into our spirit. Now, we could just stop the broadcast right now on that alone because that alone will set you free. But let's go further. So I want you to key into this. It says, now we have received not the spirit of the world. So if it says that we have not received, not the spirit of the world, that's what it's telling you and me. We have not received that spirit. So then that tells you and me, family and friends, that there is an opposing spirit other than the spirit of God. And that opposing spirit is the spirit of the world. Now, to understand this, we've got to break this down a little bit further. So let's go to the book of First John chapter 2. Let's turn there. First John chapter 2. I'm going to give you a second to get there. If I may say so, this next thing that we're going to open up here, this is the primary three areas that we have to fight against. When you become a regenerated person in Christ, these are the primary areas that you will have to war against. Because these are the things that come against everybody on the planet. And depending on where you are in God will depend on your response to these things when they come up on you. Okay, so 1 John chapter 2. Are you there? All right, we're there. So we're going to take it up and go, uh, let's go to 15 and then we'll read 16, all right? Now, we just understand that it says, now we have received not the spirit of the world. It just said that. Now, in verse 15 here in John, 1 John chapter 2 and 15, this is what it says. It says, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Now that's extremely powerful. We just read in our core scripture, it says, now we have received not the spirit of the world. Then in 1 John chapter 2 and 15, it told us to not love the world or need to love the things that are in the world. So loving not the world and loving not the things that are in the world those things are compromising what makes up the spirit of the world. Verse 16, it says, for all, that's everything, all that is in the world, this is all of it. It's the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life. 
Those are the three things. It says, these things is not of the Father, but is of the world. So let's understand what it's saying when it says that. First of all, the first thing it mentioned was the lust of the flesh. So the lust of the flesh is the passionate desires of your body. That's what the lust of the flesh is. And those things can, they can mean the cravings that your body desires. It could be eating. It could be vices like gambling. It could be sex. It could be uh, hoarding. It could be coveting. It can be so many different things. But these things are passionate desires of your body, what you have an appetite for. The next thing it says is the lust of the eyes. And these are the passionate desire of your soul through your eyes. So there is another arena of what you see that you want so much that you're willing to sacrifice and you're willing to put aside the things of God. And those things come through your soul. They come through your mind. Things that you're thinking in your thought life. It comes through your will. Things that you do. And it comes through your emotions or how you feel. So these things can bring on desires that come through your soul. They come through your soul and you got a craving for them. And those things are opposite to what God has stated and what he stands for. And then the third thing is the pride of life. The pride of life is dealing with the pride and the boasting of material things and possessions. Now, make another caveat here. God does not mind us having things. As we've heard it said and preached before, as long as the things don't have you. I'm going to say that again. God does not mind us having things as long as the things don't have us. Pride of life can manifest in many different ways. It could be uh, something that your neighbor bought, a brand new car, a lawnmower, uh, something you know that your neighbor got and you want that so bad. And so you go out and get something else similar to that, and it's a prideful and a boastful thing to you. You did it because your motives was wrong, first off. You only did it because you wanted to show off that you could be, uh, you could have the same thing or you could have something better. So your motive is wrong. And so these things, and they come in many different forms and fashions, ladies and gentlemen. You and I both know that we have our own issues that we have to deal with when it comes to these three areas. I know that I have mine, and I know that anybody listening to this broadcast, you have yours as well. So it says that these three things, this is the construction of the world system, and this is the fight against us. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. These are the things that comprise and make up the spirit of the world. Did you get that? All right, let's go on. Now, like I said, we're opening up things tonight that you may have heard, you may not have heard, but we are going to allow the Holy Spirit to speak to us expressly as he desires to on our broadcast. For whatever time we have remaining, we want to make sure that God is getting the full gamut of what he wants to bring about. So let's go on reading here. So it says, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. So let's understand that. These things are freely given. God gave them to us freely through his spirit. Verse 13, it says, which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teaches but which the Holy Ghost teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. Now, as I stated before, this broadcast is called The Supernatural Man. So in dealing with that, when we say The Supernatural Man, here we're talking about the spiritual man. 
He's supernatural because he's spiritual. You and I, we're supernatural because we are spiritual. So here is telling us that these things are not taught in man's wisdom. Not at all. It's telling us that these things are taught by the Holy Spirit. Did you see that? It means that the Holy Spirit is teaching us, not human wisdom. These things are interpreted by the Spirit of God. So it's making us to understand here is that uh, the thought here is, is about to speak spiritual things with spiritual words. That's how we get in our communication. It's on uh, who is speaking the spiritual things. The deep things of God are always concerning Christ, and they always take spiritual words taught and emanated by the Spirit of God in order for them to have access into your being. Did you get that? So these things that we are talking about, that's why we open up about receiving salvation because, ladies and gentlemen, you have to have the capacity to receive what God is downloading in his spirit, through his spirit, rather. He's coming through his spirit and is imparted into your spirit. So you have to have the capacity in your spirit to receive it. First of all, you've got to have an active, awakened spirit to receive the things of God. Now, here is a key verse right here. And this, this verse right here should liberate you and me, family and friends, from getting into arguments with people. It should keep us from getting into debates with people. It should keep us from uh, being antagonistic uh, with individuals so you don't wear yourself out trying to convey things to people that don't have the capacity to receive what you're saying. And this is the precedent here. So let's read this together, okay? We're in verse 14, it says, but the natural man receives not. That means he does not accept, he does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. Why does he not receive the things that are from the Spirit of God? Well, it tells us why. It says, for they are foolishness to him. Did you get that? They foolishness to him. And it says, neither can he know them. And he can't know them. It tells you why. It says, because they are spiritually discerned. Now, we're going to break this down. Once again, the broadcast is called the supernatural man. So we're talking about the supernatural man versus the natural man. So this is what this means. If you are a born-again, regenerated believer, and you go and you try to convey or you try to speak about the deep things of God to individuals that are natural people, they're not able to receive what you're saying, primarily because they don't have the capacity to receive them. And why do they don't have the capacity is because they don't have the, the mechanism. They don't have their spiritual organ that is opened up. They don't have their spiritual organ that is active, that has received the Spirit of God. Because the Spirit of God talks with the Spirit of God. His Spirit in me talks with His Spirit in you. Your, the Spirit of God in you talks with the Spirit of God in me. That's the communication method. But if we got one supernatural person or one spiritually minded person and they are trying to convey information to a natural minded person, many times it does not work. And the reason is because of capacity. So this should help you, family and friends, it should help me to stay away from arguments and debates when it comes to the things of God. Because if you understand the leverage that the Spirit brings into your life, you won't get into these type of verbal altercations. Now, I'm not saying that some of that is not needed. God may use you, 
me or individuals to provoke some people and to get them to thinking. Sometimes those things happen. I'm not discounting that. But I am saying that don't expect a person that does not have the Spirit of God dwelling in them to understand the things of the Spirit. That would be like you teaching, uh, you communicating to me in English, and I've never heard the language before, and I speak another language. It wouldn't be fair to me. You'd be talking. Now, I might get something out of what you're saying because of your expression. I might get something out of it because of your tone. I might get something out of it because of your mannerism or the way you're conveying it. You see that? I may get a, a little bit of an understanding as to what you're meaning or where you're going. But I'm not going to have the full understanding unless I have the capacity to understand the language. Because the language is the medium by which it is expressed. And God speaks in his language through the Spirit. Did you get that? So the Spirit of God is the language of communication for the kingdom believers. I'm going to say that one more time. The Spirit of God is the language of communication for the kingdom believers. Now, why do we say the supernatural man versus the natural man? Number one is this, the natural man is ruled by his mind, his will, and his emotion. You see that? So what I'm saying to you, ladies and gentlemen, that a natural man is a soulish man. I'm going to say that again. A natural man is a soulish man. A natural man is ruled by his mind, his will, and emotion. Therefore, a natural man is a soulish man, and he can never be a supernatural man. Did you hear that? A natural man is a soulish man, and he can never be a supernatural man. Now, we say that he can never be, meaning that he can never be a supernatural man, until the soulish part of him is changed into the spiritual part of him. That's what has to happen. And that's why we invite people to receive Christ because when you receive Christ, you, go, you come from a natural, soulish individual to a supernatural, spiritual-filled individual. And there's a grave difference between the two. Did you get that? You see, because a natural man cannot be a spiritual man because he does not have the capacity to receive it. And we stated that. We said that his organ cannot accommodate God's spirit. His spiritual organ cannot accommodate God's spirit because the spirit of God has not contacted his spiritual organ to bring it to life. So let's get an understanding here. Let's break down the word super. We have a definition for the word super. Now, you hear super all the time. You heard of Superman. You heard of supercomputer. You heard of superhighway. You heard of the word superintelligence. You heard of superimposed. So basically, uh, also we've heard what? What else we hear? Superintendent of a school. All right? So these things, they have significance and they have meaning. When you say super, number one means it's something is to be placed above or over. Did you get that? So super means to be placed above or over. And then number two, it's an individual or a thing that's larger or is more powerful or it has a wider application than others of its kind. So what do we mean by that? We mean that when you are a natural man and you become a supernatural person, that means that you have more capacity. That means you have a wider application than what you would if you was just in your natural state. So instead of a basic computer, you become a supercomputer. Did you get that? 
So instead of having mediocre intelligence, you have super intelligence. You see that? So instead of being uh, just at a regular teacher position, you become a superintendent, meaning that you govern over many realms, that you rise up above and you have many other things that you accommodate in your sphere of influence. So this is what we mean. So it says here, it says, for who, no, it says here, in verse 15, it says, but he that is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is judged of no man. That's basically saying he that is spiritual discerns all things, yet he himself is discerned of no man. Did you get that? So that's, that's, that's a person, that's a spiritual man that's denying his soulless faculties. But he said, listen, I am going to be a person that live in my spirit. See, my capacity has been enlarging. My perception has been enlarging. I can see things that I did not see before because now I have something living inside of me that can go beyond the regular vision that I used to have. Did you get that? So that's what we mean when you become a supernatural man. Verse 16, let's read that. It says, For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. In the book of Philippians it says, Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. So this telling you and me that, listen, yes, we can know the deep things of God. We can be supernatural beings. And we can have the mind of Christ. There it is right there, verse 16. So if somebody tells you you can't have the mind of God, that's an untruth. Because the scripture clearly says, who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? So basically saying, listen, don't nobody know the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him. But it does say, but we have the mind of Christ. So we can't tap into that mind, which is Christ. Now you'll hear many people talk about uh, the shadows that we talked about that come along with getting into the things of God when we're dealing with supernatural relevancy. When we deal with supernatural relevancy, you're going to see a lot of shadows come up that try to mimic the things of God. So you'll hear words like the cosmic mind. You'll hear things that are related to the cosmos, which that just means world. But you'll hear things like that. You'll hear these uh, new age terminologies when people are talking about things that deal with the mind of Christ. They'll talk about a universal mind. They'll talk about this consciousness, this mindset. And they will do it devoid of the person of Jesus Christ. So this is what we mean, that when you start walking on this path, and opening up to the realities of the supernatural world that is invisible yet very prevalent in our society and in your life, you have to be careful to make sure that you are being guided by God, the God of the Bible, the God of these 66 books, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God that birthed uh, Jesus Christ through the Virgin Mary, you see, you got to make sure that these things are lined up rightly and that your heart is in the right place because philosophies will come. Old wise tales will come and they will have portions of truth in them to try to make you deviate from the path of Christ. We said on our broadcast last week that the mystery of God is Jesus Christ. Did you hear that? I'm going to say it again. The mystery of God is Jesus Christ. Now, many people will try to get you to read this book and that book that deal with the mystery on this, le this level and that level. And we understand where people are coming from on that. We understand that God gives people different revelations and we welcome that. But any revelation, and I do mean any revelation, that does not have its basis centered and standing 
on the person and the attributes and the activity and the very life of Jesus Christ is a false revelation. I hope you got that. I hope you got that. Because why? Jesus Christ is the mystery of God revealed. I'm going to say that again. Jesus Christ is the mystery of God revealed. So we said this. In order to function as a supernatural man, you got to have a regenerated, born-again spirit, and you got to use it through the operation of faith. So we, don't, we know that those are two primarily components that have to be in activity. So our premise tonight, ladies and gentlemen, family and friends, is we've been dealing with the supernatural man, is we're at this place to say, are you spiritual yet? We told you that the supernatural man is a person who lives their life through their spirit. So let's turn. Now we're going on. We're still in the book of Corinthians, but we're going to keep going here. So let's just flip on over to chapter 3. We just finished chapter 2. We was in verse 16. Now we're going into chapter 3 because now we have a firm foundation. From last week's broadcast to this week's broadcast, we have a firm foundation set. We know that in this book, the Apostle Paul is speaking to people. He's speaking to the Corinthians. And these were people who were heavily influenced by religious sects that practiced a discipline called Gnosticism. That's G-N-O-S-T-I-C-I-S-M. Gnosticism or they come from the, it comes from the word that says gnosis, all right? And that's another thing that talks about things being hidden, things being uh, not easily obtainable. It's a knowledge. It's a realm of knowledge. And many people, you will find, ladies and gentlemen, family, friends, they want to get the goods of God. They want the best goods of God, but they're not willing to go through the person from where the goods come through. Did you get that? They want the goods of God, but they're not willing to go through the person through which the goods of God come through. And as we stated before, Jesus Christ is the goods. Jesus Christ is the goods through which the goods come from. Jesus Christ is the door for anyone that wants to access God. He is the door. Did you get that? He is the door. So we understand here, we're in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. And this is Paul. He's steadily speaking to this group of believers. And so we're going to read together, okay? We're going to read here, and we're going to start in verse 1. And it says, And I, brethren. Now, that's leaving off from the last scripture that said, For who has known the mind of the Lord and will instruct him, but we have the mind of Christ. Then he says, And I, brothers, was not able to speak to you as to spiritual. Did you get that? So basically he's saying, listen, now you need, really need to get this. He said, he said, I was not able. I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual. Basically, he's saying, I couldn't speak to you on a supernatural level. I couldn't speak to you like that. I couldn't speak to you. I couldn't put super on the natural for you. I could not speak to you as spiritual men. You did not have the capacity to get it. He says, I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual. He said, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes 
in Christ. Now, when he says carnal, he's basically saying, I could not speak to you in spiritual terms. I had to speak to you in natural terms. I had to speak to you in a natural way because you are acting like natural people and not supernatural people. So I got to speak to you as unto natural men, even as unto babes in Christ. So now why did he say babes in Christ? Well, it's going to go on to tell us. He says, verse 2, he says, I have fed you with milk and not with meat. For hitherto you were not able to bear it, neither yet now are you able. Did you get that? So here he's making some clear distinction. So let's get some understanding here. He's basically saying, I can't speak to you on spiritual terms because you don't have the capacity to receive the things that I want to reveal to you because you are yet operating in a place that you should be far from. He says, I got to speak to you as unto carnal. Carnal just means fleshly. It means natural. It means I got to speak to you in a place because you are like a babe in Christ. Now, we understand that people coming to the family of God, we all come in as babes. That's natural. So when a baby is born, what do you do with the baby? You give a baby milk. You give the baby milk and you don't give the baby meat. So he's telling these believers that, listen, I'm feeding you milk. He didn't say I'm teaching you milk. He didn't say none of that. See, this is why we got to understand the question, are we spiritual yet? Because he's dealing with a life principle. Now, these believers, they had a lot going on for themselves. They had all kind of stuff going in, but they were not growing in the element of life. Because here he's talking about a babe, and he's talking about milk. So you're talking about babe, you're talking about milk, you're talking about meat, you're talking about feeding so that, that if it can grow. So he's saying that you all are operating on a level where I can't give you stuff that I'm going to give mature believers. You're not ready for that because you are yet acting as if you are still babes in Christ. Nothing wrong with being a babe, but babes don't stay babes forever. This is why I said initially on the broadcast, don't let nobody hold you back from going toward the deep things of God. Don't let anybody hold you back from that. If another individual want to stay where they are, and they refuse to go forward, and you want to go forward, let them stay where they are. But don't let them stop you from going forward. Because you want to know the deep things of God does not put an edict on your head that you are you're, you're damned or that you are out of alignment or that you're out of order, that you don't have a right to do that. Because God said that his spirit searches all things even the deep things of God. So you have a right to want to go further in your knowledge, in your understanding, in your application, and in your demonstration of the things of the Spirit. So he's talking about life right here. The reason they did not grow is because they wanted to remain infants. They were still acting fleshly. They were not acting spiritual. So the apostle Paul here is telling them, listen, man, y'all got to grow up in life. He talked about milk and he talked about food. So he talked about feeding. Did you get that? Milk and food refer to feeding. Milk and food refer to feeding. Feeding talks about life. Teaching talks about knowledge. Now, you need to be taught to get knowledge, but that knowledge that you get needs to come from a place of where you have been fed. 
Wow, did you hear that? Okay, so teaching is for knowledge, but the impartation and the feeding is a matter of life. And it's okay for you to get knowledge as long as your knowledge comes from a place of where you have been fed. See, one deals with impartation and another deals with uh, illumination. What do I mean by that? The feeding is the imparting of something into your spirit. The teaching is something that goes that highlights or illuminates or bring lights on or clarity to your mind. Do you see that? So there's a, there's, a, there's a grave difference in that. So let's go on. Verse 3, it says, For you are yet come. That means you're fleshly. That means you are acting as if you are not in a place to where you can receive the heavier things of God. It says, For whereas there is among you envying and strife and division, are you not carnal? Basically, are you not natural? He says, and then you walk as men. You see that? So he's basically denoting that, listen, as long as we remain in these type of functionalities and we continue to operate with these type of things existing among us, we can never get to the deeper things of God. He said, because we're walking as carnal, we're walking as men, we're walking naturally. Now, our broadcast tonight is called The Supernatural Man. This is phase two. We're only on phase two of The Supernatural Man. And the way it looks like, we're going to have to go into a part three and maybe even a part four. I don't know. But if you get anything out of what we're broadcasting and what we're saying tonight, it is that you have to get into a place to where you are ready to mature in your life with Christ. Did you get that? You have to get in a place to where you're ready to mature in your life with Christ. Because as we stated before, the supernatural man is a person who lives their life through their spirit. You and I are going to need to have the supernatural operating in our life in order to live and exist in these days and times that are coming. You and I are going to need the power of God to intervene and to move throughout our affairs in life in order to make it. Because natural things are going to begin to shut down and shut off. So it's going to take the supernatural things to keep the believers on course. Did you get that? See, the natural man, or as what he's stating here, the carnal person, they live their life through their soul and their body. When you walk around and you envious, you jealous, and you causing a lot of strife, causing divisions, when you operate on that function, that is a clear indication that you're operating as a carnal individual. You're operating as a natural person. <coughs> Excuse me. And you've not attained to the level of the supernatural. So we know through our study that the supernatural man is a man possessed, owned, and occupied by his spirit. We will be on again next week with phase of the supernatural man. My name is James Foss. This is Defender. We are on every Wednesday, 9 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time, 10 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 7 o'clock p.m. Pacific Standard Time. I pray that you have been enlightened, illuminated, and that something has been imparted into your spirit. So until we meet again, have yourself a great night. We'll see you again. God bless you. The Defender is an online radio broadcast geared toward teaching the Word of God. Our aim is to present the scriptures of the Bible in an informative, systematic process that exalts the Lordship of Jesus Christ. We strive for the inerrant and accurate interpretation of the scriptures by revelation from the Holy Spirit. We are established to give us counsel as pertains to what He has revealed in His Word. 
Tune in next time for The Defender. The Defender is copyright by James Fox Ministries and the Resilient Christian Radio Network.